Welcome to the Bobine Mantra with the Penn State Extension Dairy Team. Hello everyone, my name is Adrian Bragan and I am Assistant Clinical Professor and Extension Veterinarian within the Department of Veterinary and Biomedical Sciences at Penn State. I would like to welcome our speaker today, Sean Proskan from Pleasant View Farms. Today we will be discussing best personal management practices to maintain low somatic cell count in your hair. Thanks for joining us today, John. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your experience in dairy industry and your current role at Pleasant View Farms? Sure. First of all, I want to say thank you, doctor, for uh, inviting me to be part of this uh, uh, cast today. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, in the dairy business my whole life. I grew up on a dairy farm in central New York and then uh, purchased my own farm in uh, 1994. And, my wife and I, we uh, sold out in 2000 and then uh, started working on some large dairies, uh, Eastern New York at uh, Berkshire Valley Holsteins for a number of years. Spent uh, three years in Romania on a dairy farm and then uh, moved to uh, Evergreen Farms in central Pennsylvania. Um, five, six years there and then uh, had a short stay in Wisconsin um, really liked the Wisconsin, uh, just had a few issues that didn't resolve too good. So we came back to central Pennsylvania and, um, this Pleasant View Farms had an opening at the time and, uh, it seemed to work good for me and for the owners, Metzler family at uh, Pleasant View Farms. And this is where we are currently and having a great time being here. That's great. Um, and what is your current role, uh, John? at Pleasant View Farms currently? Um, pretty much uh, mainly as the herd manager, in charge of all the cows and any person that touches the cow. And uh, do have input with uh, some of the crop work and uh, for quality and that kind of thing. But main focus is uh, having a productive uh, herd to Pleasant View, milk production, milk quality, and keeping all the employees motivated. Um, we do have three locations here, which makes that a little bit unique. And how many milking cows do you guys have currently? Uh, total with dry cows, we're running about 28, 20 right now. Definitely a lot of experience there, Sean, especially in your current position with managing that, that many employees, right? Oh, yeah. It's uh, always a challenge. It's never a dull moment, but uh, I enjoy what I do, so it makes it, makes it really fun for me. Awesome. So, Sean, you mentioned that you have been in, in different uh, farms and, and you uh, arrived to Pleasant View uh, a couple of years ago, two, three years, I believe you mentioned ago. So can you tell us a little bit about how do you find the place when you arrive when it comes to the parlor management, uh, milker management, and what are the, the main practices that you have been implemented in order to improve the milk quality through the parlor management and, and the milker or personal management? Usually, a lot of times in the parlor management part, one of the things lacking usually is a written protocol posted in Spanish. That's very important to have that uh, put up in Spanish and to review it often. Um, and to actually be in the parlor at least daily. With, we have two crews, a morning crew and a night crew, so to touch base with uh, both of them. And uh, usually, you know, a few things you have to tweak 
sometimes you get to a new place and it needs uh, a lot of stuff uh, repaired in the parlor that's been let go. And um, so that's the first thing you start with and then get to go with the people and explain to them what we're doing and why we're doing it to improve milk quality and uh, quantity also. Uh, it's not always just the um, quality that we need to focus on in a lot of places we go to, but just different ways of handling cows and treating cows and prepping cows to increase the uh, quantity also. Great. So what, what type of milking parlor do you guys have in the, in the main farm in Pleasant View Farms? And, and also what milking routine are the milkers actually uh, doing on, on daily basis? We have a double 25 uh, Gia parallel parlor at the main dairy. And we use uh, future cow cow brushes for uh, prepping the cows. And uh, the routine is um, as the cows enter the parlor, there's three operators in there. The first guy begins to uh, prep the cow. He'll strip the cow three or four uh, strips out of each quarter. And then he will use the uh, future cow gun to put solution, which is the pre-dip, and the brushes are going to help scrub the teats. And then uh, we'll finish up with uh, just letting the, the brushes actually dry the teats. And we shoot for about five, six seconds for the stripping. And then we shoot for about 12 to 15 seconds with the brush. And uh, each guy will prepare eight cows. The first guy does nine cows. The last two guys do eight. They do his, does his nine cows. Then he comes back and attaches the units. In those lines, the, you mentioned the practice and some important steps on the milking practice. The following question is, uh, regarding on, uh, or your personal management practices, what do you believe is the most important personal management practices that has helped you during you know, all these years to improve uh, milk quality or to increase milk, milk quantity? Yeah, for me, I think it's being personable, being in the parlors and um, communicating with the guys, finding out anything that needs attention as far as equipment goes, um, anything that they can tell me about certain cows. Um, they keep me informed on cows with mastitis, cows that they see with bad feet, or uh, just cows that don't look correct. Uh, so just being there and communicating with them, and I think that just goes a long way to keep them motivated because uh, their job is about the same day in, day out. Um, we milk these cows every eight hours, three times a day. So it's, uh, it's one of those things that it's just, uh, you got to keep them excited to want to be there. Great concepts that you mentioned there, uh, Sean, about communication and, and motivation uh, of, of your crew, because that, I think I agree that those are critical components that you really want to work through uh, in order to, to keep them motivated and, and doing a, a good job and also making sure that they have what they need to, to perform a proper, a proper work as well. So in, in those lines, because you mentioned about communication, being there and talking with them on, on daily basis. So how often would you or do you provide training for your milkers? And have you seen any direct benefit on milk quality or milk quantity associated with, with these practices, with training your personnel? Normally, we try to um, do a sit-down training session with the crew um, about bi-monthly or every third month um, to bring in someone from the outside, a uh, professional. Uh, we use uh, 
services of Penn State. Uh, we'll use services of uh, other outside uh, companies that supply. Uh, the main thing is getting someone that's very knowledgeable and that's uh, bilingual. And so what we do is don't just tell them what we want done. We tell them why we want done that way. So they can start to understand the way a cow thinks and the way a cow operates. And they get to understand those basics. Um, and so I think it's real important when you bring in the outside people because they get to see a fresh face, get to hear a fresh take on things. And we're always um, looking for new, new ways that, you know, we don't have all the answers all the time ourselves at the dairy. And so we reach out to guys like you, Doc, and, and your team to uh, bring in new ideas and new things. Uh, we might not always agree with what you come up with, but um, we usually are willing to take a, a try at it, at least anyway. Yeah, that's great. Um, no, definitely just bringing a, a new face. Um, it helps them to to be more more interacting or engaged on, on on the programs and also that motivational component that you mentioned, Sean. Have you been tracking uh, milk quality or, or milk quantity and, and see if, based on your perception, you think that there's a benefit of training your personnel on a regular basis because you mentioned bi-monthly or, or every three months, which I will consider that on, on a regular basis. Do you think there might be a benefit on the milk quality and quantity uh, associated with that? Yes, and... Um... I think it just gives them another uh, perspective on hearing things and another motivation tool. And also, um, you know, um, one of your coworkers, Marcella, you know, she's really good at bringing different ideas. And one thing she brought to the table was getting a, like a somatic cell count graphing up. And so they can see it by a graph because, you know, we all are more visual and we see things. So, we have the graph, the graph of somatic cell count, and we put on there their bonus. So they know when they get to a certain point, the average is there for a month, they're going to receive that bonus. That, that helps motivate. Um, it really makes a huge uh, importance. And, you know, we've tried a few different things in the past. We've tried cultures, um, things like that. But for our setting right here, it just didn't play into our system. So we're... You know, we do, we've tried to keep the cows clean, keep the beds clean. Our clinical cases have dramatically decreased substantially since I arrived uh, about three years ago. You know, we uh, may have anywhere from one to six or seven cows treated at a time, and, and that's it, which is uh, really good. Um, our cull rate is not super high. Uh, we run about a 33, 34% cull rate. So that really, it's not because we just kill them. Uh, some people will say that, but uh, it's just keeping things clean, keeping people in tune and on the right track for a program. And it all just pays off in the end. Couldn't agree more with that, Sean. And of course, personal management and, and partner management have uh, a great impact on, on meal quality and quantity, but also, as you mentioned, the management of facilities in the back also is incredibly important when it comes to mastitis, uh, either clinical or subclinical mastitis. I think that you briefly mentioned something about incentives, and that really ties in with my next question, that is, if you offer any incentives uh, to your personal based on either milk quality or milk quantity. 
Yes. Um, for the guys in the parlor, theirs is all based on uh, quality. If uh, we get below 150000 they get a, a, a pretty good bonus, each person. I um, mean, you're talking a couple upwards of $200 a piece if they're below 150 If we're below 200 then it gets cut in, gets cut in half. So there's a, have a line there. It's got to be between 150 and 200 at the first. And below 150 is the second uh, cutoff uh, for their bonus. And um, if they don't get it, they don't, are not happy. Um, but that makes them work a little harder and question why we didn't get it. Um, so it's 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 a challenge. It's uh, ongoing, but um, they really work towards it. That's great insight. And I was going to ask you, what are the pros and the cons that you have found with this uh, approach? Because being in the industry, I have heard mixed opinions about offering or not these incentives and, and also the, the challenge with personnel finding the way to cheat the system and things like that. In your opinion, what are the, the main challenges that you have found of applying this, this uh, practice? Number one, the first thing I always try to do on any kind of bonus program is just keep it simple, keep it easy. So there's not a lot of things that you have to calculate and figure and uh, keep it fair for all the employees involved. Now, if you're not involved in the milking process or cleaning the stalls, well, you're not part of the bonus. You know, there'll be other places for you. Um, but so the guys that are involved, they're the ones you keep focused on the bonus because they're the ones doing the work and they're the ones that earn it. And one thing I have to say, a big plus that we seem to have a pleasant view is we have a very low turnover. So that really helps in the parlor because there's nothing worse than getting a group of guys trained and then uh, 30 days, 60 days later, one or two guys are gone. You bring in a new guy that just makes it makes life difficult, makes uh, milk quality difficult. So keeping people around and keeping them, you know, making them sure that they're pleased with, with their job, it, it goes a long way. I couldn't agree more with the challenge of the high turnover. And, and every time that I see an operation with a low turnover, I always mention that that speaks a lot of, about the management practices, the personal management practice in place. And it, the low turnover is a direct reflection of managing well your people and being involved and all the practices that you have mentioned. All right. So uh, I only have one more uh, question for you, Sean, uh, sort of to wrap up this podcast. And it's it basically, if you have any additional tips, uh, you have shared uh, incredible insight and, and great tips about uh, how you manage your personnel. So do you have any additional tips that you would like to, to share with other producers? Well, we, we don't have all the answers. Um, we still have ways to go. We're always um, looking to get better quality milk. We're striving to be better at our quality all the time. Um, one thing um, we do, do bi-monthly uh, DHI samples. Um, so that helps us if we have some cows that uh, need attention, we can pull out. Maybe they didn't, they're not clinical, but they're subclinical. So we'll pull them out. We'll, uh, we will do some cultures on those cows if we uh, can't figure out what's going on with them. And then we'll decide we'll look at the cow value and the relative value of that cow. If she's worth treating, keeping in the herd, or maybe uh, she just needs to go. Um, so we 
we watch the records. We use the record very uh, efficient on that end of it. Also, we'll watch for slow milkers. If cows are too slow, you know, we won't keep her around, even if she's a really good producer, if she's holding up things, you know, she's more than six minutes or something, you know, we don't hold on to that cow. And there's usually a reason, something going on there. But uh, mainly we're just always looking for new information, looking for uh, new insights, always open uh, because we want to have a better quality product for the consumer. That's great. Thank you again, Sean, so much for joining us today and to talk about these important management practices. Please stay tuned for the following episode of our fourth podcast series that will be on April 27 and where we'll be covering important aspects of milk quality and milk components. Thank you.